Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, where once a week we get together and explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelanek, and this week we're going to explore the question, can weather spark life? But before diving into the main topic, as always, let's take a moment and say thank you to you guys, really, honestly. It's greatly appreciated all the support you give the podcast. Some of you are doing it financially, helping us stay cost neutral, which is certainly appreciated. You can do that over at patreon.com slash weather, or you can go to what is it about the weather.com slash support and find a PayPal link there. If you prefer to do a one-time donation, people do it both ways. Either's fine. Both are welcome. Some of you are telling others about the podcast. And even this week, I had a couple of interesting emails, both of which we're going to discuss in this week's episode. But as always, genuinely, thank you. You know, some weeks you look back and I guess you're, you find yourself more appreciative of things around you. And this is certainly one of those weeks for me. And, you know, just as a reminder to me about how grateful I am that you guys are listening and actively participating. Let's not also forget about National Weather Podcast Month last week. You know, I was looking at the schedule. I was the first to go and the last to go. I'm not sure how that, oh, I do know exactly how it works out. It just happened to be that the last day of the month and my recording release date is very similar. We had a lot of Fridays this month. Not to say that someone won't push, push some final episodes out after me. There are a couple people that are, you know, there were some stuff due this month that maybe hasn't quite gotten out there yet. But while I don't think the schedule is going to be updated, I think the plan is to leave the weatherpodcastmonth.com up going forward. It's on my server. I guess I make that call, even though someone else was kind enough to put it together. But for now, you know, if you're ever wondering what some of the other podcasts were and maybe hear a mention from time to time, you can always go to that resource and learn a little bit more information. All right, weather week. I, you know, uh, it's that time of year. I, I know not everywhere you go do people have pine trees. And I know not everywhere you go is it springtime right now. But there have been a couple of interesting atmospheric phenomena going on this week. And one of them has been very close to home for me. We have a lot of pollen in the Atlanta area. And I've certainly lived in places that don't. You know, that the pollen levels are never particularly high. It's easy to tolerate. But the kind of pollen that's usually bad for allergies, we're not in that season. We're in what I call the green rain season, where you park your car, seems perfectly normal. You go inside, run some errands, do whatever, come back to your car, and it's a whole different color. Pine trees are responsible here. And I know in some different places, you know, it's different trees or different plants that might produce that kind of, it's heavier pollen. It generally is not the stuff that kind of, gets in your lungs or in your nose and causes problems. But it certainly is a reminder that it's spring. And some years are, you know, it's more than others, and a lot of it depends on how rainy it is and everything else. And we're supposed to get a little more rain tonight, so hopefully it'll flush that out. But I saw another interesting story this week that there was this big orange snow event across much of Europe, and that had to do, again, with stuff being distributed 
in the air. And this time, apparently, it was dust that flowed north from Africa, from the Sahara Desert, which maybe isn't as common of a transport. I'm very used to dealing with it in the context of tropical cyclones, so not necessarily in the winter season. But apparently there was a big push, and there was a lot of transport of dust and sand into the atmosphere, and this snow event brought it all down, so there was this orange stuff. I I think I've got a story in the show notes uh, that I'll put a link to, so you can go see all about the orange snow. Definitely interesting. Now, I mentioned a couple questions coming in this week that were particularly interesting. One's from a, a repeat contact person, and that's Kevin. And Kevin was reading a new book, and I'm not going to get into all that. I I, I promise. I promise this week we're not going to get to 30 minutes. And even if anything, I'm going to try to keep it down about 25. i got to make up for a couple weeks where we've run a little long. But let me get to to Kevin's point, and I'm not going to get into all the details, because really I want your feedback. And that's why I'm going to bring it up this week, and we can discuss it more in a future episode. But he sent me an email asking if there was a particular book that I was familiar with. It's one that he had picked up and was reading. And he made the suggestion about us possibly doing a book club. And now I know other podcasts do this, and I'm curious about your guys' feedback. I know some people aren't big readers. Other people, maybe they're already in two or three book clubs and don't want to do another. But there's also an opportunity there, usually when you know somebody like a host is looking at it, that I can do an overview and provide feedback and thoughts. And if you're interested in the book, you can then read it. You know, some people want to maybe, I denounce it in advance, maybe even send in questions if you're interested in doing it that way. I I don't know. I I guess the first question is, is is it something that you guys would find interesting? And, And of course, I already know Kevin's answer to this. He doesn't need to answer it again. But any of you out there who might be interested in, in doing that sort of thing, and the, you know, the part of this I've got to be careful with is, as you know, I don't. it's not like I'm going to get into a meteorology textbook, but I'd, I'd have to find the right things. And you know, history stuff is going to be probably a common theme throughout it, maybe some big historic uh, weather events and how they played out, how they impacted lives. Maybe it complements our you know, weather history kind of uh, regular podcast. I don't know. But he threw it out there, and I thought I'd throw it out to you guys. So let me know if you think it would be interesting to have some sort of interaction between us on those sort of things. All right, so in terms of brevity, as I mentioned, the goal is to to keep it a little short this week. I had, a, a I guess, a episode idea that I was going to do, and it's still very it's timely. But my brain wasn't in it this week because I'd kind of been thinking about it for a while, and it kind of got you know, shoved in the back of some other things going on, but it's probably even more timely next week. So I'm going to get back to it because, I, like I said, I had this other question come in, and actually I think what had happened was somebody you know, kind of found the podcast and maybe had a homework question. Now, I'm not 100% sure on that, you know, but sometimes you get these questions that you wonder if people were really listening on a regular basis or were a regular viewer, if they would actually send you that thing. And it had to do, had to do, with bacteria and lightning. Now, it could just be that they were genuinely curious, and the, and the person who sent it in, her name was Kaylee. And so, Kaylee, if, if I've misinterpreted I understand. But we went back and forth about a couple of things related to lightning and bacteria. And I gave her my response, and, and actually that part of it's probably not relevant to what I decided to get into for this week. But in reading the question she asked, because I didn't immediately know the answer, and I, I looked at some things that... You know, I had not come across before, but it kind of prompted a, a bigger 
sort of, hmm, sort of moment. And so my brain was there this week. So while I was fresh on the brain, I thought I'd go over it. And again, the basic question is, can weather spark life? Now, her question was specifically about bacteria and lightning, okay? And the role that bacteria plays with weather. Now, weather, and we've discussed this many times, right? Weather is so involved in the circle of life, right? You think about rain, you think about snow and, and the snow melt season in places that have it, and how much and how critical that water is to just life, right? And what we would do without water being transported around the planet. Think about places that get rain that, you know, how would they do it if it weren't for the oceans, you know, being available on this planet, for the evaporation to happen and that transport taking place? The sun, you know, heat and energy, all the things that it does. The wind carrying life kind of all over the planet and even down, right? Becoming more of a source of energy with windmills and everything going on. But just a, even at a, a natural level, weather is quintessential to life on this planet. Just imagine this planet with no wind, just a, just a sun maybe, maybe even a distant sun, no rain, none of the things you think about when you think about weather. And you can imagine a, a very, very different planet, right? Now, the news is not all good, and we've discussed some of these before. You know, take rain and think about the flooding that it causes and the loss of life it can cause. Or excessive heat from the sun, right? And we talked about heat being that main killer from weather. Strong winds, I experienced that and shared that a few weeks ago, knocking tree limbs over, hurting people, killing people. So it, it fills that role on both sides. But when, it, you know, when you think about day in, day out, you tend to think of the basic weather elements as kind of life-giving, right? And we tend to put the death and destruction part on it on the big, gnarly sort of events, right? They, they can com All those elements can kind of combine to, to form things. Like, let's take a tropical cyclone. It's a very important piece of the scientific process of heat transport and, and things that we look at. You know, even I talked about even rain. I mean, they can bring the area I'm in. Actually, rainy seasons versus drier seasons quite often are dictated by if the path of a tropical cyclone as it goes over land comes somewhat near Atlanta in the fall. I mean, that's a big piece of annual rainfalls when we do get those storms. Now, we don't want them big and bad, and, and you know, but that's part of what comes with it. We certainly had that this past year. A lot of big tropical cyclones and hurricanes got a lot of attention. So it's not always enjoyable, but we, like I said, we tend to put the, the death and destruction on these big evil things, tropical cyclones, blizzards, stuff like that, severe thunderstorms, tornadoes. And a topic that we've gone to many times in the past, lightning. And Kaylee's had me, you know, doing this investigation. And it was interesting because 
I think of lightning as, uh, I don't know, I, I, I look back, it's funny, when I got into grad school, you know, I was, here I was, an older guy, so many young students around me, but this other kind of person, close to my age, wasn't quite my age, started, I, I don't know, a couple semesters after me, and one of his goals was to be struck by lightning. Now, I never shared that goal with him. But it reminded me that, that lightning is fascinating to people. And I know it is to me. I mean, we've done a lot of past episodes about it, right? Back when we were doing, in the early days, the You Ask, We Answer, we had three kind of different things where we talked about um, you know, the smell of rain and, and the role of lightning plays with, with ozone there about which direction lightning goes, and even about forecasting lightning. And I'll put a link to those episodes in case you're newer to the podcast. I've never gone back and and looked at them because some feeds don't pull those videos in, I know. And you can just go to the YouTube channel and watch them. But so on one hand, it's this destructive thing. And as you guys also know, I love to take weather photography and lightning. If you really capture detail of light a lightning strike and I've only done a couple of good ones in my time I've seen a lot of others it's just so I don't know it's amazing to me I I will use one of my favorite lightning pictures as part of the cover art. I think I probably used it before but I'm going to use it part of the cover art of this episode but if you look at it and I'll, I'll even put a link in the show notes to the a bigger version of the picture okay where you can go and see the detail of the lightning I just had there were a few clouds in the sky this was lightning was coming before a storm and it's just sort of breathtaking when you look at it and, and really imagine what's going on with a with a bolt of lightning. But the question that I kept coming across and as I was reading this information is, wait a minute, we always think of lightning still even destructive or dangerous, even if it can be beautiful, even if it can be, I don't know, have its, it, we talked about the potential of it generating energy. But that's not usually, you know, we always hear when it roars, head indoors, or, you know, you see a flash, make a dash sort of stuff. Because there is that danger element. But might it be more important to life than we realize? Now, you know, in in my studies, that's the other interesting thing in this process. I was in a department that things like atmospheric chemistry and other earth sciences were part of what was going on around me. But, you know, being very focused on the weather, I caught pieces of that, but wasn't really focused on that. So I missed some of this stuff, and I shouldn't have, right? This is stuff that, again, pieces of it I had heard here and there, but I'd never realized until looking at this stuff how important lightning, the existence of lightning on this planet, is to how life exists, how life evolves, and it's been there since primordial Earth, right? Back in the early days, apparently lightning strikes were creating a type of phosphorus. And, and many of you may know when, you know, lightning's obviously very hot and it melts things. And depending on what it strikes and what that material is, it has a different reaction. But it can create these, you know, chunks of phosphorus that early bacteria used as a nutrient source. Now, we don't use it. It's not used as much today. It's not as common today. We we use, you know, modern, whatever's going on on the planet now, most of it is not using that same stuff. 
But what we do know of early earth, it was a very key element. Then there's this other thing called the nitrogen cycle, right? And basically what happens is, as anybody who's ever looked at the atmosphere knows, most of our atmosphere is made up of nitrogen, the vast majority of it. But even though we're nitrogen-based entities and plants are and we use nitrogen as well, we can't absorb it from the atmosphere. It's kind of an interesting conundrum. So we count on other things. Solid for you know if you've ever fertilized stuff, you've probably come across something with some sort of nitrate or nitrite that's that's in there that's providing nourishment. But we we humans use it too. It's it's key in proteins and other things. So how does it get there? Well, there's a couple ways it can happen. Now back to bacteria. Bacteria is one way. There's there are a lot of bacteria on the planet that can absorb it out of the atmosphere. Sometimes it ends up in our poop. That's why you know that uh, animal poop is used as fertilizer because it has some of that in it. But the other way that I never really knew about, never understood, was lightning strikes. So lightning, when it goes off, is very capable of essentially splitting atoms, if you will, or breaking down things. And we talked about that ozone element that it can create. But it can also break things up to where the nitrogen is combined with other elements. Those elements then, you know, whether it's a rainstorm or whatever, carry down to the earth and achieve the same thing that you might buy in a fertilizer store. Had no idea. I don't know why no one ever told me that. Maybe I missed it somewhere and I just wasn't paying attention. I'm sure there's some some people I went to school with now that are saying, you moron, you should have known that. Yeah, they're probably right. They're probably right. But, you know, it's just something you don't, necessarily think about. So here it is, lightning creating essential nutrients that we need, that plants need, that us humans need to exist. And just like it can change the chemical structure, right? Combine elements that may not naturally do it otherwise. They were just hanging out together. It can also literally change the DNA behavior at a bacterial level. So there's been a study done, and again, if you like this kind of stuff, I, I put a link in the show notes to a more of a write-up. This is not new news, if you will. It's you know a study that's over 10 years old. But the idea is still relevant, and many of it you may never heard about it. But essentially, lightning that hits anything, anything close to it dies, right? We, we know that, that at a bacterial level. It would just be too powerful for the bacteria. But those things around it still get a little bit of charge. And apparently that little bit of charge can literally set up the bacteria into a state for having its DNA changed. And this has been replicated in the laboratory. And I could just begin to imagine the uses of such a thing. That if you're in a region with a certain type of bacteria, and maybe it's a dangerous bacteria, that theoretically, lightning could help disperse an agent that could change it to where it wasn't dangerous bacteria. 
I don't know, kind of interesting. And this gets back in that whole orange snow and everything. It's just a reminder of how weather can help transport things and alter things. And even in its destructive nature, right? And that's the thing with a lot of times with very destructive things. Sometimes when you have these big destructive events, it's replenishing the natural environment. Doesn't mean it was easy to get there. But what it stirs up, you know, with a tropical cyclone or, or what it, you know, might rip apart or, or what a blizzard may tear apart, or whatever it is, that sometimes, even in the destruction, a refreshing element is going on. And I guess to me that's the thing about, it's one of those silver lining kind of moments, right? Where we look at something and we go, you know, this thing was horrible, whatever it was. But just maybe somewhere in all that, just maybe, something positive can come out of it. And it's it's just a good life lesson, right? Just a good life lesson, and thankfully lightning brought it to us this week. I don't know, supposed to, like I said, supposed to get some storms tonight. I look forward to, uh, you guys know, I don't want to get struck by lightning. But I do enjoy the awe that it presents. And I'll actually, in closing on that, I'm going to put a, a, a link in the show notes about some new stuff about studying lightning from above. And as our, our satellites are getting more sophisticated and the instruments we're putting up there, understanding these, there's certain types of, of lightning flashes that basically streak straight up as opposed to coming down. And there was an interesting story. You know, I get, as I mentioned before, I kind of get this little uh, once a week thing from the American Meteorological Society that gives me a little, little interesting tidbits, if you will. I call it news you can use. And the very first one this year was about um, studying this stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of neat. As we, people often ask me, what, what's the hardest thing or what, what don't we get about weather? We tend to get a lot of the large-scale stuff, right? We don't tend to get the small-scale stuff. And a lot of times it's because we can't get in there and really understand what's going on at a micro level, if you will. But lightning's one of those same things. It's hard to get close. Or a tornado, it's hard to get close a lot of times to understand it. But we are figuring out new ways to do it. So we increase our knowledge all the time. All right, enough about lightning. I am curious. One other question for you guys is how you thought about interview stuff that we did in last week's episode. Another reason to get in touch with me. It was a pleasure having Men in Castle on. And again, it's a different type of production process, but I, I could see benefits to it if I could figure out how to, to work it into the cycle of, of other episodes. But let me know your feedback, whether it's about today's episode, whether it's about that episode, whether it's about the book club. You know the ways. What is it about the weather at gmail.com or what is it about the weather.com slash contact. And like I said, I'm trying to keep it shorter this week. So I'm going to close with that. And we should keep it right at about 25 minutes. And then we'll start creeping up next week and the weeks forward. But I think this lightning story is a reminder of, of different ways maybe to think about how the weather is connected to your life or to life in general that's happening every day around us. Just at a basic level. Sometimes it is all about science, but it's still kind of in awe because you didn't think about that connection. Because as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.
This is two white sofa production. We're tired of hearing our uncle grovel, so please support him on patreon.com slash weather.